You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast with Brian Weber. It's a talk show. We talk. And former Pro Bowl Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart. Hey, get your popcorn ready. NFL No Huddle airs live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern on the NFL on TuneIn, your everything audio app. Hello and welcome to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. I'm Brian Weber alongside Cordell Stewart. On today's podcast, we're going to bring you the best moments of our Super Bowl 52 coverage from Radio Row in Minneapolis. So now let's take you to Minnesota. Pleased to be joined by one of the best running backs in all of football, Kareem Hunt of the Chiefs, who joins us on behalf of FedEx. Kareem, great to see you. Take us back to last night. At what point did your phone start blowing up with the news that Alex Smith is heading to Washington? Uh, around 7 o'clock and... Uh... You know, I was actually at dinner when I found out and, you know, kind of some shocking news because uh, such a great season he had, you know, his best. And, uh, you know, Alex is a great teammate, great leader, and, you know, he's fun to be around. Kareem, when you look at the team you guys had, everything derived around you and and Tariq Hill based on you guys' talent and speed. And, and I thought this year alone uh, we had an opportunity to see Alex Smith spread the field because of you guys' guys' ability. What will Patrick Mahomes bring to the table that's a little bit different than what Alex Smith did be, was able to bring? You know, uh, Patrick is a great quarterback. You know, he got a very strong arm. You know, he'll be able to make that deep ball throw. And, uh, you know, actually he'll probably even stand in that pocket a little bit longer, you know, break some tackles back there and, you know, still complete a pass. And, you know, he got a different, you know, talent. And, you know, he likes to keep the plays alive. He's always keeping his eyes downfield and, you know, trying to make big plays. Clearly, when you got the first check, you realized, I'm in professional football. I'm in the National Football League. This is different than college. But did the news last night also point out that football is a business? You have these relationships, and everything can change in a minute. Yeah, honestly, it does. And, uh, you know, a lot of people told me that. And, you know, real life is a business. And, you know, you see how fast things can change. Yeah, you you can. And and one thing I know for sure, when you guys played this last year, you guys went on a five-game winning streak. And then it kind of got to a lull in the middle from Pittsburgh all the way down to the Jets, even though the Jets was one of those breakout games that you guys needed to make that run in the end. Give me your take on coming out of Toledo and now being in the National Football League. What do you think you may need to change? Because it's gone for what, maybe 11 or 12 games to now 16 plus games. As far as your body, your mentals, what do you think you need to change next season to have that endurance throughout? Uh, Honestly, uh, I feel like uh, I felt pretty good all year long. And, uh, you know, I just got to continue doing a great job of just, you know, training my body and get it ready for the you know, the long wear and tear on my body and just, you know, make sure I'm in the training room each and every day, you know, early, you know, after practice, you know, after meetings and, you know, making sure I'm doing every little thing to just take care of my body. We're chatting with Chiefs running back Kareem Hunt, who joins us on behalf of FedEx. Cordell's being nice. He didn't use the word that's out there. You've heard it. Rookie wall. So take us through your season. Week 11, week 12. Did you feel differently because you look very good down the stretch as well? Uh, No, I actually I felt really good, you know, and you know, I really didn't, my body didn't feel really, really different at all. You know, of course, you're going to have a couple nicks and bruises, but, you know, I, I had that back in college. And, you know, you have little things that's going to nag a little bit, but, you know, nothing really stopped me from being able to play 100%. And, you know, I was able to just go out there and, you know, give it my all each and every game. Well, the reason I didn't mention rookie wall, because I didn't see a rookie wall. I just saw a team that actually sputtered. You lose Eric Berry on defense. Uh, the defense that was that was really good as far as getting turnovers, being able to somewhat get good field position for your offense. Mm-hmm. Give me your take when you lose a leader like Eric Berry. What does it do to the entire team? Because his story within itself, what, what he's gone through personally, is inspirational to that football team. You know, uh, Eric Berry is, you know, one of our 
best he is he probably is our best defensive player you know he's a great leader you know he's a guy you want on that field with you and uh you know he's always down to go for war for his team and uh you know you need guys like that to lead by example and that's just gonna give it 100 percent at all time you know he's been through so much and uh you know there's no excuses when you go out there and play football like Chatting with Chiefs running back Kareem Hunt, who joins us on behalf of FedEx. We'll give you all the details coming up. You have knowledge of both of these teams, right? I mean, if you think about how things played out this year, week one, we turn on NBC, and my goodness, look at what your team's doing on the road to Gillette Stadium. Then Philadelphia came to Kansas City. What did you take away in terms of your thoughts for the big game, the head-to-head matchup, because a lot of people are just putting Philadelphia back in that box of being an underdog once more? Uh, honestly, uh, the Eagles are a great team, and uh, their defense is really solid, and, you know, they're, they're a tough team to beat. And, you know, we had to play them early in the season when, you know, they had Wentz and a bunch of great other players, you know. And, you know, the Eagles should not be an underdog. You know, I, I have the most respect for those guys, and, uh, you know, it's going to be a great game. When you watch Philly, of course, Nick Foles, um, he kind of reminds you of, 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 I would say, an Alex Smith in a sense. Uh, people don't give him enough credit, but he still goes out and does a great job. Yeah. When you watch Philly, especially on the defensive side, because you had to see it, give me your take. Do they have enough on that side of the football? Because you guys really went into New England, did a phenomenal job. I thought that was the best game plan that I've seen of Andy Reid with, with uh, Alex Smith all year. But do you, you think they have enough on the defensive side of the football to be able to play for maybe 60-plus minutes because a lot of teams that played against them weren't able to finish, and it kind of laid off in the second half? Uh, honestly, I, I think I think they do. And uh, like I said, I'm just looking for a good game. And uh, I really don't know who's going to bring it away. It's whoever plays the best that night. Come on. We need you to guarantee a victory. We need some <laughs> headlines here, Kareem. You have figured out how it works in the NFL. Just don't commit to anything and don't have any blowback for you. You told us before the mics got rolling, you just got back from the Pro Bowl. Take us through the entire week. We're watching on TV. We're listening on the radio. Feels like there's a lot of fun surrounding all of the festivities. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a it's a great time out there. You know, you get to enjoy it with your family, you know, your closest friends. And, you know, just being able to enjoy it with, you know, some of the best of the best players out there. And, uh, you know, from the showdown, uh, you know, the skills challenge, uh, just being out, being able to go out there and compete on the, you know, on a Sunday. You know, it's pretty cool because, you know, we really got that locker room environment, you know, just to join together with all these guys from different teams. When I went to the Pro Bowl, this was a long, long time ago. You may have been four or five years old. Um, We went to Hawaii. You know, Hawaii was a tremendous amount of fun. But what you have now going to the Pro Bowl in places like Orlando, it's a little bit different. You guys get a chance to go to Disney. You have more family members and friends that can come to the game. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, they allow you guys to have – I would say a little bit more fun, maybe because of the skill things that you guys are doing for us, diving through all of the sponges or whatever you guys do in the skill skills oh, yeah. competition. Uh, but tell me, how much fun overall is it? Other than just playing football, how much fun and how much did you learn from the other guys too as well? You know, uh, it was a lot of fun just, you know, being able to do that stuff like that and play dodgeball. You know, it really took you back, you know, made you feel real young again. Middle, you know, doing, high, middle elementary school. Yeah, right? doing stuff like that. And, uh, Honestly, I learned a lot from the the older guys. You know, I spend a lot of time with, you know, Todd Gurley and, you know, Le'Veon Bell, you know, some other, you know, FedEx, you know, uh, player, ground and player nominees. And uh, honestly, you know, it's just, they was just telling me, you know, you got to keep your body healthy and uh, just, you know, keep going out there like you never made it and, you know, just always attack. 
Kareem, never easy to talk about yourself, but we knew about you coming out of Toledo as we were doing our draft preparation, and the nation saw you on that Thursday night. You get that first touch, a little bit of a miscue, but you bounce back in a magnificent way. How quickly did year one in the NFL go by for you? Uh, it went by very quickly. You know, I had some ups and downs, and uh, didn't start the way I wanted it to. And uh, honestly, I, I didn't want to look back or uh, even go back to, you know, having something like that happen to me the rest of the year or But you my shook career. it off instantly. Oh, Didn't yeah. slow you down at all that night, nor for the rest of the season. No, I kind of lit a fire under me, I'd have to say. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I really wanted to, you know, be successful. And, you know, I came in with a little bit of, you know, uptight a little bit. So I feel like that's a reason why it happened. And. You know, just thinking about not making a mistake. And, you know, I, I went out there and made one. So, you know, I had to forget about that and, you know, go out there and play football. What surprises you most about the National Football League in comparison to the college league? Uh, I have to say the speed and uh, the size. You know, these guys are, you know, some big guys out here. You know, Everybody's good. Yeah, everybody's good. Everybody was the man in college. Everybody was the man in high school. So, you know. And now you here you are part of Super Bowl week. Let's wrap it up talking about the great people of FedEx. I lost my mind. I forgot to bring my gloves here to Minnesota. Thanks to FedEx, my family sent them from Southern California. <laughs> what do we need to know about what's going on with FedEx? Uh, honestly, you can get on Twitter. You know, make sure you vote for me. Hunt, hashtag Aaron Ground. And, uh, you know, if I win, you know, $50,000 goes to, you know, USO and my name. So, you know, make sure you vote for me. And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I'd appreciate that a lot. Cordell's on Twitter right now. How many times are you going to vote, Cordell? <laughs> a couple times. Just a couple. We need to get Brian to vote. We need to get him involved in this stuff. Okay, yeah, because yeah. my, my four Twitter followers yeah, will jump on oh, my that, train. Kareem, <laughs> thank you for joining us. I know it's a long week. Congratulations on a great year one in the NFL. All right, thank you. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. It's a new year and time for you to explore new podcasts on TuneIn. Bring in 2018 with exciting new podcast episodes for the whole family like Story Pirates, This Podcast Has Fleas, Tumble Science for Kids, The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, and so many more. Start your new year with these podcasts and more. Just search podcasts on TuneIn today. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we continue on NFL No Huddle, the podcast, let's head back to Minneapolis for more of our coverage of Super Bowl 52. Here's our conversation with Cowboys tight end and future Hall of Famer, Jason Witten. Jason, thanks so much for taking the time. Obviously, Tony Romo, one of your dearest friends. The Tony Romo that we're all seeing on television now. Is that the real Tony Romo? My goodness, he has a lot of energy and he's got a lot to say. That excitement that he's uh, he's calling these games with, I mean, it's, it's off the charts. You know what I mean? It's... Uh I don't, you know, I thought it maybe would 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 kind of uh, fall off a little bit, but if anything, it just amped up. He even got more, more revved more. up in the playoffs. But, yeah, but you know, those quarterbacks, they can they have a tendency to call <laughs> plays and know where the ball is going. But you know, I'm happy for him. He made a tough transition for players to kind of leave that industry and go into where he went and with the with the with Jim Nance and have that opportunity. He did a tremendous job, and uh, you know, he seems like he's enjoying it. You're seeing the passion that he has for the game, and uh, he's doing a great job. I mean, he's with the number one team, so it doesn't hurt to go from where he was in, in Jerry's world, so to speak, hanging out with yourself to, to being with Jim Nance, who's one of the best in all of the business. But was he as talkative 
when he was with you guys there in Dallas, whether it be in the huddle, whether it's in the locker room, because I understand the relationship between you two were very good. You guys lockers together. You guys travel together to Mexico and all that fun <laughs> stuff. Uh, was he as talkative? Yeah, I mean, he always was talking, and and he, you know, he had this unique way of like he was always teaching, you know, and I mean, so he's like he keeps going and going and going with the story. It's like we're on like the fourth story. We forgot what the original story was even all about, and so you're seeing that personality to him. I think, you know, when you play that position, especially in Dallas, the expectations are extremely high, and when you don't win the ultimate goal, you know, there's there can be some criticism with that, especially when you're coming in, Roger Stahlback and Troy Aikman, so many great quarterbacks. And for him, I think people are now seeing, you know, his the, a better side of just how genuine he is, energetic, good personality. He's having a lot of fun, doing a good job with it. We're chatting with Cowboy tight end Jason Witten, who joins us on behalf of Schwanz. When we think about the tight ends in this matchup, some remarkable talents as Rob Gronkowski is coming out of the concussion protocol. We think about Gronk being so physical, but as a peer, and you're on your way to the Hall of Fame, what makes him so special in terms of being a receiver as well? I don't think he gets enough credit for his hands. Yeah, I think I would start there. I mean, he is, to be as big as he is, and and, and not just his height, but, I mean, he's a thick guy. Uh, he's very rangy. I mean, meaning that Tom can put that ball anywhere in the vicinity, and he's going to come down with it. And uh, that's a great trait. And Tom does that. I mean, yeah, there are details to their routes, but there's a lot of freedom you see. You know, he'll run a seam inside of the numbers. It'll be two yards outside of the numbers. It'll be two yards off the hash. But Tom has confidence in him. They've rehearsed it and done it so many times. He can put the ball exactly where he wants it. And then, and then of course, Rob just makes some great catches. So he's big, he's strong, he's physical, great understanding of the game, competitive, and, uh, you know, a great quarterback that's putting it where he wants it. I think that's a really good formula. I know he'll get out of that protocol, and he's excited for this game. Jason, the game is hard enough already as is. And when you get over, when you get to the 10-year plateau, you know, of course, there's a lot of question marks and why you keep coming back to the game. And you add on to it with yours being in the game for 15 years, a new quarterback on in the latter part of your career. How tough is it and what drives you to consistently be as good as you've been? Yeah, well, I think early on uh, when you switch to, to quarterbacks, um, you find yourself that you, you become in like a little bit of a teacher mode. But I think the thing that allowed me to make that an easier process or seamless process is Dak deserves the credit because he loved the game. So he was always trying to learn. He was always trying to study and get, hey, what do you think about this? And so when the guy has passion and he's a good, young, talented player, but he wants to study, he wants to do all the things. As a veteran, you know, that excites you, you know, and, and I think it energizes you in a lot of ways because you find yourself in this new relationship. And so you see a guy with a lot of talent, but then he's doing all the details to give himself a chance to be successful. Um, that, that, that made it interesting for me, a lot of fun. But I think the latter part of your career, the motivation is just the opportunity to, to be able to go at it again. Been healthy, fortunate. In my game, Cordell, it's, just, it, it's never been you know, running by guys. I mean, even when I was 21, it's mm -hmm. always been about leverage, understanding coverages, attacking guys. And so you know, I feel like I, I've got a good understanding the older I get then and I love being a part of that is hey I can I can find that and, and there's a there's a little bit uh there's a method behind all that of finding soft madness, spots right? and, yeah right. and, and being able to get open and so um you know I love having an opportunity to do it certainly I just take it a year a year year to year at this point in my career and you're still getting it done at a very high level scheduled to come back next year are you blown away by what Tom Brady's doing? Because we're trying to come up with a precedent in any sport, and he is just spectacular. 
Yeah, it's rare. You know, I, I'm not sure what the whole avocado salad <laughs> breakdown's all about. But It's available here at yeah. the mall. You just got to wander down to your left. I tell you what, though, it deserves a lot of credit. I mean, and really, I, I'm saying that in a joking way. I mean, all the things he's done, and, uh, you know, he just continues to fight all father time. But it seems as if, I mean, in that position, it's probably a little bit easier to do it than others. But, I mean, even that task, I mean, mentally, that preparation at that position, on and on, he seems to have, like, a joy about it. He seems energetic, and, uh, you know, guys understand it. And so he's playing that position. I really believe his last five years have been the best years of his career. And, uh, you know, it's amazing to see now at 40 years old what he's doing and how he's playing the position. I know this Philadelphia team is a little different without Carson Wentz. Uh, You guys obviously play against him twice. Uh, What's tough about this defense uh, when it comes down to what Tom Brady's going to have to go up against? Because they can play literally for 60 minutes better than most. Uh, That front four is about as good as it gets. What do you see them being able to do to a Tom Brady considering at the time in which he's in, in his career? Yeah, well, I first off say with that rush, I mean, they, they have much more than four. I and mean, they have six or seven. I mean, uh, they have the rookie that comes in and, and, and rushes well. They got Chris Long that comes off the edge as a backup. Um, but, but really for me, and, and a lot of people don't know this about them just because it's very unassuming back in. But, you know, Jim Schwartz is of their defense coordinator is of that Bill Belichick tree. Mm-hmm. And his ability to disguise coverages and to play down in distance, you know, I mean, now they got beat on a number of double moves uh, towards the end of the season just because they're they're so aggressive. And so, uh, yeah, they got to handle that a little bit. But they have a great understanding of coverages disguising it they play a number of different looks they'll challenge you man to man one week the next week it'll be all cover four you know and so he disguises it really well and and there'll be the uh ability to adjust within the game that'll set it apart for for um new england and they do a good a job as anybody with that chatting with jason Witten, who joins us on behalf of schwann's you have plenty of good football in front of you i mentioned though the hall of fame will find out the new class on saturday do you allow yourself as an active player to think about Canton, Ohio? Because I'll say it if you're not going to. Undeniably, you are a Hall of Famer. Look at the numbers. Look at your resume. Well, I appreciate you saying that. You know, I've really never allowed myself to do that. I mean, I know a lot of guys say that, but I really have. And this year, we went up there to the experience for Jerry getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. And, you know, I just kind of looked around, you know, and it was probably the first time in my life that, or my career that I was able to kind of let my mind wander a little bit and say, man, wow, just what an honor it would be to join these guys. I mean, so many great players that make up our game from so many different generations. So, uh, you know, I never played for that, but ultimately that that's, I'm just humbled and honored to even be mentioned with some of those greats. Give us an idea about Jerry's world, you know, from the, from the new dome you guys have slash stadium to the practice facility. How great is it? Cause from afar, I'm like, man, he's, these guys are living the life. I mean, how great is it to know that you can be inside working out and see the field down below and all that great stuff and even have fans come out and hang out with you guys every once in a while? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the ultimate player's dream. You know, a lot of people can't handle it. You know, the, the lights are bright, yeah. you know, and, and they stay bright. And so with that <laughs> becomes expectations, a standard in which you do it. And for a lot of guys, they, they view that as a distraction or, you know, feel like that things are are more important than football and that's not the case i mean uh, he's gonna give you every tool he's loyal um passionate drive and so i'm just so fortunate the last 15 years i've been able to be a part of it with such a great organization and great management finally as i mentioned you have teamed up with schwads and their home meal advantage what are the details yeah they got a home meal advantage package going for fans allowing uh they'll deliver it you know, either on game day or any day. It's a great package, doing a lot of great work, and I'm honored to be a part of it. You can check more of it out at schwanz.com. 
Jason, we admire your hard work, your tenacity. And as I said, I think you know you have a, a few more years ahead of you if that's important to you. Thanks so much for joining us today on the NFL on TuneIn. All right. Thanks for having me on. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. Catch all new episodes of some of your favorite podcasts early with TuneIn First Play. You can listen to new episodes from some of your favorite shows, like Haunted Places by Parcast. Every episode, I take you to the scariest haunted places on Earth. Hollywood and Crime by Wondering. We also tested the purse for fingerprints. Nothing viable there either. And Uncivil by Gimlet before they're available anywhere else. Where we ransack America's past. And discover that history is only common. To those who write it. Search First Play Podcast and listen early. Listen often. Listen today. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, bringing you the biggest names in football, getting ready for Super Bowl 52 from Radio Row in Minnesota. How important is Super Bowl experience when you consider the majority of the Eagles have not played on this kind of stage? That was one of the topics we covered in our conversation with the Hall of Famer, Terrell Davis. TD, let's draw on your expertise. Having won two Super Bowl titles, looking back, how important was experience or lack thereof heading into the big game for you? Well, the first one, um, well, actually, let me take that back. I've experienced both of them. So the first one, we had no experience. And then, of course, the second one, we had experience and we were the favorite. Um, I enjoyed the first one where everything is new, you know, coming down here to the big game and experiencing everything for the first time. Even the fact that, you know, we were underdogs, I kind of liked that. So, yeah, but we, we, you know, we're going to make a big deal this week about, you know, the Eagles not having experience and the Patriots being there. Uh, seems like every single year, right? But at the end of the day, man, it comes down to execution in that game. It, it, none, of what, none of what we're doing right here really matters once the game starts. Prepare yourself the way you've always always prepared yourself. Um, you can take a little bit of motivation from what we're saying, but once that whistle is blown and it's time to go, man, just you have to just draw on what your experience has been to that point, meaning you're in the big game, so you've played well to get there. Just draw on that, and, uh, and hopefully that can get you through. Doug Peterson had the opportunity to hang out with Brett Favre. Brett Favre obviously been in a big game. He's supposed to be talking to Philadelphia. I heard. Uh, to the team, right? Uh, you have to assume that he's going to draw from his experience of, of being around Brett Favre and playing in championship games. Do you think that's enough? Because I think you're alluding to the team that could actually put their feet on the ground the quickest and get going is the ones that have a better chance of winning the game. Yeah, I think it's that. Um, Cordell, you know this, though, man. Like, all the, the external things that happen, uh, once the, the game starts, you look up and you say, man, I'm in the middle of a football game. At the end of the day, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, matter what, no, yep. no matter what happened before that. Sometimes it takes the second half to figure that out. But yeah, I got you. <laughs> then you got the well, long halftime. Then it's over. The sooner you realize you are playing in just a game, uh, not the word just, you're playing in a football game, uh, the better you're going to be equipped to get out of that whatever slump you're in or whatever right. kind of uh, pre-Super Bowl you know, thought you might be in, man. Just, just play. I mean, I, I try to simplify it. For me, people say, well, how, how are you so good like in playoff games? I said, seriously, man, the only thing I did was I reminded myself every single game. I've never given any less effort because it was a regular season game versus a postseason game. Like, my engine was always on high. I've never felt like, all right, you know, it's, it's the middle of the season. We've already clinched home field advantage. Now, TD, you can kind of dial things down. 
I've always played the same way. And in playing the same way, I've never felt like I had to ratchet things up because the moment is big. I find a lot of people get in trouble when they do that. All right. So if you could talk to your team, hey, man, what you doing this week? Hey, man, it's game week. No, you know what? Super Bowl week, man. I got I, now. I, now I got to finally. Wait, what were you? What were you doing the other 17, you know, 16 weeks? Buying right. all these suits. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so don't, don't ratchet things up right. when the big game comes. <laughs> Be you. I want to see you on game day. Yeah. But what about the concept of hype and pressure? Easier said than done. How does a player maintain focus, especially given the surroundings here? We're all just soaking in the glory of this mall. There's nowhere to go in Minnesota. No. <laughs> How do you? Well, you embrace it. You deal with it. It is unique. You, typical work week. I'm not sitting here interviewing on a, you know, with a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Normally, you have one day a week you're available. After that, it's all just kind of focused. But, yeah, you deal with it. Um, you pick a day during the week that you have to start dialing things down in terms of going out. Uh, for me, it was about Thursday is when I said, all right, no more going out to you know the public, and I, you know, whether it was a party or whatnot. Thursday was my cutoff day. After that, I would just kind of hang around with family. My first one was in San Diego, so I was with my family on Friday. And the Saturday was my typical day. I didn't see family on Saturday at all, and I would just get my mind ready for Sunday. So you, you, you have to try to find some form of routine that you've already done, that you used to, that you were used to doing when you were at home, try to find that in the Super Bowl city. But let's be real. The, the buildup of one, getting a chance to play in the National Football League is, is tremendous. I mean, anxiety to the highest levels when having a chance to come out of college to, to get to the next level. Now you compound, don't couple, just compound it because it's, it's more anxiety of now you're playing in the NFC championship game or AFC championship game, which I think is the toughest game of all the games. Yeah. The Super Bowl is not, like now, okay, it's not like I've arrived or, or now I could take a deep breath, but this is all or nothing. This is it. But you know in that AFC and NFC championship game, if you don't win that one, it's that, is that game more stressful? than the Super Bowl game that you played in when you guys beat us. Let me ask you, let, no, Sam, let me ask you, we'll, let's go back to 97. Let's go back to 97. We played you guys at home. We did, yeah, you we, did. We went to your stadium. And we had, stadium. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had to play you guys in that yep. game right there. Yeah. How'd you guys feel about, because the first thing, you guys beat us there, like, it felt like three weeks prior to that. Uh, it was, it was probably about four or five weeks prior to yeah, that. Yeah, prior to that. We had it to was go a back good game. There. It was a very good game. And what we knew from that was that you guys had the capability of coming back. And we were like, listen, we've got to try to put this team out. <laughs> and it was always a threat. And I remember it was like a like two-minute drive. We got the ball back. You guys had just scored a touchdown. I it just CJ. And yeah. we're like, uh-oh. And you guys were up by maybe three, maybe? Two or three, I yeah, remember. It was and then I think three. Shannon came up with a great catch he against Jason Gildon. So the ball went down his chest to his knees. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and you know what? The guy's like on a so, minus 10-yard line. I'm like, we get it back. We got a if chance. We don't, if yeah. we don't complete that pass, uh, I, we're not going to win that game. Yeah. So, yeah, the moment was big. Um, and the pressure's high, AFC title game, NFC title game. We know that. But I, I keep going back to this. You, you have to somehow find a way not to, not to put extra pressure on yourself or not to think about the, the results of the game. Not the magnitude not of the it. Not the magnitude it's of it. Well, you say it game. now because you won a couple. No, I'm, no, Cordell, I'm He's saying in the moment. That I'm, was his thought I'm, process. I'm yeah. saying that's what calmed me down. Okay, okay. When I played in games that were big, I never thought of those games as being, you know, Super Bowl games with millions of people watching for that, you know, for the world championship. Because if I did that, now I'm putting that unneed, un, 
unneeded stress on myself. Oh, I have some on me right now. I'm having anxiety <laughs> right now thinking about that. You going back to the '90s again? Oh, yeah, man. Like I'm back. That was that was a good battle between us. It was a great year. battle. Those two games. It came the first one. It came down to the bitter end, and then the next one they changed their defense to try to stop what we were doing. But we were going back and forth, and it came down to that last play to Charles, to where we just got to stop on defense. For my defense and against their offense, we may have had another chance to make another comeback that year, but they took advantage. And now we know the rest of the story. Chatting with the Hall of Famer, our friend Terrell Davis joins us on behalf of K Jewelers. Cordell may be singing momentarily. Stick around for that. (laughs) What did Nick Foles show you in the NFC title game, and do you think he can keep it going on Sunday? Um, He showed me he was pretty resilient, man. I I think we all thought that he was kind of tapped out in terms of what his ceiling was and what his production would be. I saw the, the previous games he played in, and um, I don't think anybody was impressed with, with that. But I, what I did see in that game was that he's a quarterback that you can say, hey, man, open it up. You know, don't don't bottle him up. Don't try to put him in a system where it's dink and dunk here and throw safe passes here and there. He seemed to thrive, man. And, and a few plays in particular, man, where he, he had pressure, like, draped down on him. And what I was impressed by was his eyes never looked down. Mm-hmm. It, like that, for a quarterback, quarter, you can talk to this. His eyes never dropped, and he kept his eyes upfield the entire time. You have to be so comfortable to go through that. I mean, that's that's a hard, that's tough for for young quarterbacks, and you know, right. to come in to have that quality where they don't have the tendency of dropping their eyes and, or looking for you know guys going around them when people are draped on them. And he, then he was delivering some nice passes. I said, man, that is a, that's a good quality. That one play you're talking about, and, and I think you may have seen this a few times when working with John, is when there's pressure coming upfield and the pocket is collapsing. Sometimes guys step up and they keep their shoulders upfield. He actually squared his shoulders, tucked the ball, readjust himself, yes. and hit all Sean Jeffries. On that long pass. On that long pass. Yep. So I know exactly which one you're talking about. And, I think with this defense playing and where they're playing in Philadelphia, those are some of the actions we're going to have to see from Tom Brady. Because when you think about this team actually being able to do the, you know, the alternating and pulling guys in, taking guys out for us, the depth they have on their front seven, especially on their front four of Philadelphia, uh, that's what they're going to have to do to him to make him have to reshuffle himself, get him off of his comfort spot, the spot that's most comfortable, not get caught up into this two-minute no-huddle offense right. and just continue to apply the pressure because the Denver Bronco team that went to Super Bowl 50, yeah. when they came to you guys' the city there in Denver to play an AFC championship game, they hit that they man hit so him. much. I think they said I they hit him 40-something so times. That's the number, 40, yes. They hit him 40-something times. That was the, Brian and I was talking mm-hmm. about it. It was like that was the first time I've ever seen Tom Brady take a beatdown or yeah. a beating of that magnitude. So the question and, and, is, can Philadelphia do the same thing on Sunday? 30-second answer because you're a man of demand. Let's go from T.D. to T.O. Is Terrell Owens going to join you in the Hall of Fame this year? He should. He should. There's no question the man is a Hall of Famer. Now, you, you're, you know, there's a process, obviously, and there's five slots. I always say there's like five seats on a bus, and you got 15 left. left. <laughs> and it's like, a, it's like a game of musical chairs here. When the music stops, who's sitting down? Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, T.O. is a Hall of Famer. Just by the nature of the process, it's tough to put everybody in. So there is, unfortunately, there are, there's a process that some guys may have to wait longer than others. 
But yeah, the man, he, he will be in the Hall of Fame, whether it's this year or next year, whatever it is, he will be. And I can't say, here's my gut said. My gut says this year he probably won't. Well, you got Randy Moss on the ballot. You got Randy Moss right there. I mean, you got Ray Lewis. I mean, bro, that, that's a hard list to crack. I mean, Those gold jackets are tough to line up. Let's wrap it up with K Jewelers. We love K Jewelers. What yeah. should our listeners know about K Jewelers? Yes, what they should know is that the uh, K Jewelers is the is the official jewelry store of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, they have been entrusted to create this beautiful ring called the Ring of Excellence. I don't know if you can see it. Uh, they can hear it, but this beautiful ring right here. And Valentine's Day is coming up on us, right? So we got to win Valentine's Day. So go to your local K Jewelers store uh, or go to K.com to find that special gift. No song connected to the pitch? Uh, Cordell, what you got? I've done it twice. Twice? You know what? I've never heard it. For my former radio partner. Go ahead, ahead. You don't want to hear me sing. Let me hear you. You go first and I'll jump in. All right, let me. Every kiss begins with K. History made on the program. Bravo, bravo. That's how much I respect the Hall of Famer. Man, that voice right there, I need to go on like American Idol or something. You talking about his? No, not me. Not me. My man's a Hall of Famer in every regard. Thank you, TD. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this it's a new year and time for you to explore new podcasts on TuneIn. what better way to celebrate the new year than taking a look back at the best podcasts of 2017 from news and politics to true crime comedy and history favorites we've rounded up our favorites and there's something for everyone shows included dirty john s-town my favorite murder homecoming pod save america Start your new year with these podcasts and more. Just search podcasts on TuneIn today. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. This is a special edition of NFL No Huddle, the podcast, with comprehensive coverage of Super Bowl 52 from Radio Row in Minneapolis. Let's focus on the relative merits of the receiving cores heading into Super Bowl Sunday. You have Gronk. Brandon Cooks on one side for the Patriots. Alshon, Jeffrey, and his colleagues for Philadelphia, who has the edge. That's one of the topics we address in our conversation with Victor Cruz. Well, Victor, you know all about the wide receiver position. Let's throw tight end as well because that could be the tipping point. We're talking about Rob Gronkowski for New England. You look at the talent for Philadelphia, you look at the talent for New England, who do you think has the edge in that area? Oh, man, it's tough to pick a side because, all you know, I, I think – in terms of just depth, I think you got to go with Philly um, because they got Trey Burr and Zach Ertz. I mean, they got a lot of depth at that position, and they play all those guys. They have great three tight end sets that they use and that they're successful with that I don't think New England has seen much of. Um, but obviously New England has, you know, the best tight end in football, in my opinion, in Gronkowski, and you can't negate anything he's done on the football field. So I think it's pretty much even if you account what Gronk does and then you account for the depth at the position with Philadelphia. And when you look at Philadelphia, I went on the offensive side, talk about the receivers, Torrey Smith. He's coming, he's been around, and he's coming with very productive. Alshon Jeffries, I think he pretty much shocked the world considering how Chicago somewhat just let him go. And then Jay Ajayi, mm-hmm. you know, he comes out of Miami. But back to the receivers and Alshon Jeffries, when you watch him play, considering sometimes the noise you hear about certain players, he played to the level that he did this year. What does that tell you about coaching or the place that they're in or just the team that they're on? I think sometimes it's just, uh, you know, a change in scenery just helps. It just does something to your psyche and your morale, yeah. especially when you come in and you're like, you're our guy. You right. know, like, right. you're our guy. 
uh, we want you to be, you know, our number one receiver and go out there and play like one. Right. And that confidence level that's instilled in you through the coaching staff and through the organization really just makes a wave and changes the way you perceive the game and it makes you play more relaxed and it makes you be, you know, comfortable while you're out there on the football field. And that's what you saw with Alshon this year. And he's been uh, nothing short of amazing all, all year long. Chatting with Super Bowl champion Victor Cruz. Where's the ring, by the way? My mom has it, man. I don't. <laughs> that is the right answer. She puts mama. those That's things one. away. <laughs> Listen uh, to mom. You know, mom exactly. knows what she's 100%. doing. Victor joins us on behalf of Verizon. So when you won that ring, your team put consistent pressure on Tom Brady. We've yes. seen it with both giant victories. Denver did it a couple years ago, AFC title game. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville was doing it and then mm-hmm. couldn't keep it going with a 20 to 10 lead fourth quarter. The numbers tell us Philadelphia's got a very tough defense. Do you think they can get the Brady on Sunday? Uh, uh, they better uh, because that's the only way. And they better be able to do it with their front four or front five, even if they blitz one or whatever the case may be, if they try to be as schematic as possible. But they have to get pressure on the quarterback with just those front four guys because if you start blitz, getting blitz happy and start sending more than, more than those front four guys, uh, Tom Brady's going to pick you apart. I mean, he's been known to do it. We've seen him do it time and time again. So that's the key uh, for Philadelphia's defense to win this game or stay in this game is to get pressure on Brady and make him uncomfortable, not necessarily hit him or sack him, but close that, 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 uh, that, that pocket up for him so he's not comfortable back there looking over, looking over the, uh, the offensive line, making those throws. Along with that thumb on his throwing hand being uh, stitched or injured, uh, you, you close that pocket and it, it'll stop him from following through on his mm-hmm. throws, which means balls will float. But Tom Coughlin is down in Jacksonville, and we all had an opportunity to watch that game. And, and the last couple times he did play against New England, which you were a part of that, mm-hmm. um, you end up seeing him actually beat Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, this team in Jacksonville early on had the recipe. Yep. They ran the football very well. They made the great stops on defense, applying the pressure, bringing that fifth guy that you alluded to. Yep. Uh, to all of a sudden, in the latter part of that first half, delay a game, illegal procedure, defense getting soft. Bouye, he gets, I mean, Brandon Cooks had a field day and penalties up and down the field. Then all of a sudden, they just lost themselves in the second half. That's what's happened to everyone except teams like you've played on yeah. when it came down to the Giants playing against them. Is that what Philly needs to do, which is play for, let's just say, 60-plus minutes? Absolutely. I mean, I think that's the key. There's going to be things that go up and go down in this game, especially with us. I mean, we had we had different penalties that set us back in, in, in those Super Bowl games and those games where we played them in the regular season. But you have to continue to fight. I think that's one thing about, obviously, Tom Brady and those Tom Brady-led New England Patriot teams. They're never going to stop fighting until the clock says zero, zero, zero. And I think that's a testament to Coach Bill Belichick, obviously instilling that mindset in his players and Tom Brady just executing that same mindset on the football field and it, you know, being infectious to everybody else. Victor Cruz is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn, joining us on behalf of Verizon. If we play word association, I say Victor Cruz, Giants comes to mind. Maybe Salsa, Cordell's the dancer on the show. we got to get him on Dancing with the Stars. We'll wrap up the conversation with that hot topic. When you watched Eli Manning play last year, what was your takeaway? How do you think the team handled that entire situation? Well, when I watched him play, obviously he was operating at an extreme deficit early on because of those injuries, those large injuries that happened to him pretty much his entire receiving core for a large portion of the season. And then, obviously, when he was benched for that game, I I was kind of confused. I just didn't understand why you benched the only consistent piece of your entire team um, in a moment where, you know, you're volatile. You guys are injured. You ha- haven't won a game. You were 
0-4 or something, or on a four-game losing streak at the time, and you want to keep the only bright spot on your team is your, you know, tenured guy that's been there forever, two-time Super Bowl champion, MVP, all that good stuff. I just didn't understand. If he wasn't hurt, if he wasn't injured, why do you bench him? And not only bench him for, I can see if you bench him to see if Davis Webb is everything that you think he is, but you bench him for Geno Smith, who... Not to, not any knock on Gino, but you know what he has. You've seen him play before. You've seen him in live action. So that was just a little confusing to me. When you think about how things were handled uh, with Eli, how would you have handled it? I mean, you know, you hear the cliche conversations. I want to retire as this player with this mm-hmm. organization because of some of the success I've had. But the way they handled him was, I mean, it was as if he meant nothing to the organization. And, of course, we know Reese and also Ben McAdoo got ran up out of there because of that. How would you have handled it? Would you have wanted to leave or would you have stuck with it and said, you know what, I'm not going to cause them to mess up what it is I want to have as my legacy, it's just like my family, you know, exactly. my brother and my dad. Mm-hmm. And, and then all of a sudden now my chance to be that guy in, in the Giants world to, to be the best to ever do it. Yeah, I think Eli Manning has earned the right to play until he's done playing, until he decides he's done playing. I think he's earned that right. And I think he's honest with himself. I think he understands his body and himself. I don't think you bench him halfway through the season – when there's no season to even save anymore at that point in time. You weren't going to make the playoffs at that time. You weren't going to, you weren't in contention for anything at that specific time. I just didn't understand why you do that. I think you let him play. You let him, he would, and especially with those young receivers that were filling in, uh, Tavares King, Roger Lewis, you want him to be there and talk to those guys and, and learn from those guys, whether they're going to be part of the long-term process with the Giants or, they're going to move on and, 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 you know, continue their career somewhere else. They're going to take these learning points from Eli Manning and use them, you know, further on down their career. I think that's the part that you uh, that you want to crave and have. And I didn't think, uh, you know, they took that into account. Plus, you know, New York, everything got magnified. So it became 1, thermonuclear. I'll have to tell Absolutely. you about the drama of the back pages of the papers. <laughs> Chatting with Victor Cruz, who joins us on behalf of Verizon. I follow you on social media. I know charity is very important to you. So when you talk to kids and tell your story... What's the summation? Because it really is amazing. We're talking about UMass, and you had to earn everything you got in the NFL. Do you think it came down to primarily hard work and seizing those opportunities? Absolutely. I, I knew what type of player I was. I knew I wasn't 6'5", you know, 225 pounds going up to get the football. I knew that I was going to have to work my tail off to get anything that I was going to get in the National Football League. So once I got that opportunity... And that's pretty much all I wanted. When you come from a smaller school and you're undrafted, you're like, man, I just want an opportunity to show what I can do to prove to the, to the coaching staff and to other players, my teammates, the things that I can do. So I was like, once I got that opportunity, I just took full advantage of it, man. And it's, you know, it's one thing to do it in practice and all those things and you feel great about it. But when the lights come on on that Sunday and you do it again and continue to do it and have that consistency, um, man, there's nothing like it. When you think about that with Nick Foles, Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not the undrafted guy, but the guy that has to prove himself because yep. that's what you're alluding to. Mm-hmm. Do you see him having success in this game against this football team with how he's played so far over the past couple of weeks? And how you mentioned Coach, Coach Schwartz and what he comes from, which is uh, the regime of a Bill Belichick. Um, do you see him being able to go out and have success against this team uh, that we've seen get beat by teams like mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs and other teams this season? I think so. I think if he comes out and we and we get the Nick Foles of the uh, of the NFC Championship game where he's confident, he's making throws, they're letting him play. You know, I think the game before that it was like, okay, let's feel it out, let's see what you know what how he's feeling, and we're, they were very run heavy in that game before. 
Um, but the, in the NFC chip game, I think they saw like, okay, he can throw the football. He can be confident. He can stand in that pocket and deliver. And I think that one throw to Alshon in the back of the end zone where only he can get it and he came down with it, I think that was a phenomenal play. And, um, and if we see that Nick Foles, I think he's going to have some success in this game. And obviously all the weapons around him are going to do nothing but help him out. Finally, you've teamed up with Verizon. What should our listeners know? Uh, Verizon, man, I, I, you know, especially from myself, my own personal foundation is geared towards STEM programming, science, technology, engineering, and math. And Verizon is extremely committed to inspiring these students to explore that same STEM education. And I've partnered with them so they can gain skills and talk to these kids about the sports industry, not only on the field, but the great things that STEM can offer these kids off the field as well. So later today, I'll be joining Carl Anthony Towns, surprising some middle school kids, talking to them about STEM programming, um, and just surprising them and, t- and talking to them and letting them know, like, hey, we're actual football players and basketball players, um, but there's other realms of STEM that you can be successful in, and it just doesn't have to be on the field or on the court. Outstanding. Keep up the good work. Well, you know in the media world, you got to hustle. got to build your brand, and we have all the signage here. I'm trying to get my guy Cordell to go on Dancing with the Stars okay. so I can keep my job. <laughs> you shined <laughs> primetime TV. Do you have a contact? Do you have a hookup? Because my man's versatile. He can move. Plus, he dabbled in reality TV. Mm-hmm. To me, this feels mm-hmm. like a no-brainer. I'm with it. I'll make a phone call real quick. That's easy for, for my guys, Cordell. Anytime, man. Hey, Anytime. man. I, you know, I have a good nickname, but I don't know if he could do what you did. <laughs> I, I mean, I see you do the salsa, and you kind of yeah. worked it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing I, it right I, now. I, I, this should be a TV show. There we go. There we go. Thank you, Victor. Thank we you, appreciate no the time. No problem. Thanks for having me. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. Catch all new episodes of some of your favorite podcasts early. With TuneIn First Play, you can listen to new episodes from some of your favorite shows, like Haunted Places by Parcast. Every episode, I take you to the scariest haunted places on Earth. Hollywood and Crime by Wondering. We also tested the purse for fingerprints. Nothing viable there either. And Uncivil by Gimlet, before they're available anywhere else. Where we ransack America's past. And discover that history is only kind to those who write it. Search First Play Podcast and listen early. Listen often. Listen today. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we close out NFL No Huddle, the podcast, let's take one more trip back to Radio Row in Minnesota for our coverage of Super Bowl 52. Let's bring you a lively conversation we had earlier today with Donnie Jones. Things got contentious. Cordell, B. Webb, as I go third person, and Jones mixing it up. As somebody who enjoys media as much as football, we'll talk about the Super Bowl in detail in a second. How many outlets do you think you've worked for since you retired? I was flipping around one night watching American me. Greed on CNBC, <laughs> and there you were talking about entrepreneurs or something. Yeah, I have my show, Adventure Capitalist, on CNBC, so I had that one. You know, Travel Channel, I had the Honey Tackles of Globe. I had VH1, I did a show there too. I did a show on NBC, I've done a show on DirecTV, I've done a show on ESPN. That was one of my first shows that I did called Timeless. Um, you know, I've, I've had the fortune and opportunity of doing a couple different shows. So you when, you, when you think about play, the things that you've done, when you talk about the Travel Channel, what was the best place you've ever visited? Oh, I mean, what, besides Minneapolis, Minnesota? Yeah, exactly. besides Minneapolis, Minnesota. I mean, this Minnesota. place is fantastic. This I'm is never leaving Prince. this mall again Prince. for the rest of my life. That's all I can think about is Prince. Mm. That's it. If um, it's good enough for Prince, it's good it's enough for good us. Enough. For everybody. For You know, if, if you say it's not, well, I mean, you don't know about... Purple Rain, things like that. I was going to do a high-pitched voice, but I can't because I don't have my voice don't really do it. well. I was going to try to do it. I was going to try to do it. Um, but the, my favorite place that I've traveled to is actually New Zealand. Nice. That's one of my 
favorite all-time places. The food is fantastic. The people are amazing. The sights are incredible. I mean, the Lord of the Rings was shot there. Those are real places. Those aren't, you know, that's not CGI. That's not made up. That's not green screen. Those are real places that you can travel to. And I think a lot of people get caught up in the fact that, like, oh, we live in this amazing world. Yeah, the world is not just the Mall of America. The world is not just Minnesota. The world is everywhere. And so it's important to travel. And when I did the Travel Channel show, that's what I was thinking about. All the people out there that didn't have their passport, all the people out there that didn't go to different places that, that, that could live vicariously through me. Anytime we can use the word vicarious, Cordell was blown away. It's a big word Wednesday inside <laughs> the Mall of America. Was this the plan, Donnie, as your career was winding down? Did you want to do more than just sports in our business? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that when I first got into playing sports or playing football in particular, that was more about alleviating the stress and that was more about alleviating sort of the tension and anger in life, right? As a, as a young kid that was frustrated in a lot of different ways, you know, you leverage football in order to fight people and not get in trouble for it and become successful. Legally. And then, and then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and they pay of, you. What a novel concept. Well, Controlled chaos yeah, is what not, they called it. Exactly. Not until I got to the pros, but then going to Michigan and then having opportunity to go to different places. So that's how I always thought about it. You know, my, my parents were successful in, in business and all their different um, ways that they were doing, you know, things and such. So I watched them. I watched my mom, who's a physician, and I thought to myself, that's what maybe I wanted to be. My dad, who was a businessman, but also retired military. Maybe that's what I wanted to be. So I always kept my mind open. I think that's the most important. Well-rounded is, is, is a great word to use in that case. But, you know, football becomes a, it's like a little box, right? You know, they, they shelter us. Uh, they keep us in those places to where we're safe so that as we go about our business, we can stay focused. What allowed you to want to get outside of the box? Other than, you know, the things you mentioned with family, because once you're locked in playing with Philly, you know how that city, that city was. Right. You're, you're, you're not thinking about nothing else other than what take place between those white lines. But yet here it is, you're, you're kind of renaissance man. I mean, you, you've done pretty much everything, gone everywhere, and you come back with a whole different overview of, of what living is truly all about. Well, I, I was able to see outside of the box from a very early age, both my parents being in the military and traveling around the world. Mm-hmm. So my world was always big. And so football actually minimized that, that world, but I still lived an out-of-the-box sort of lifestyle. That hurt me in a lot of ways in, in the world of football. Now How so? Because they well, didn't think you were committed to the game? Not committed to the game. He's not focused on he's this play. You know, he's not passionate enough. He's not focused. Even though nowadays, uh, I say nowadays like I'm a really an old head, but I mean, it was 13 years ago for the Super Bowl. You know, now you can have your Instagram page, your Facebook page, your Twitter page, your Snapchat, and the rest of your social media channels. You can have your YouTube channel and all the rest of the other stuff that are out there that make people want to see the other sides of who you are. Before, it wasn't like that. Nobody wanted to see any other side of you. All they wanted to know was, what what were you going to do on third and two? You know, what were you going to do on fourth and one and goal? In the box. Fourth and goal. Keep the box. That's it. And now we've evolved, thankfully, as a football culture. Chatting with Donnie Jones, he joins us on behalf of Bank of America, the former Eagle linebacker, played for other teams as well. So draw upon your experience trying to match up with Tom Brady. Big stage, getting pressure to him consistently. Seems like the blueprint, the Giants did it twice. Denver did a couple of years ago, AFC title game. How much confidence do you have the current Eagles can get the job done on Sunday? Well, Brandon Graham, you know, out of the University of Michigan, he's wearing that 55. So I'm trying to send him all of my energy as possible, especially when he's out there on third and one. And can he get around the corner third and eight? Can he make that big pass rush to get that sack? Um, you know, I remember, you know, playing against Brady, 
in the Super Bowl, and it just seems like it was tough to get to him. And that's why that offensive line has always been so good. They're ever elusive, right? They're not a lot of big name people. I don't know if most people can name all the offensive line no. for the Patriots, name right? One. Because they, they rotate them so fast and, and people are plug and play. They are a legitimate machine. But if the the Eagles can get to Tom, then you've seen him rattled as you just mentioned some of the games that they've lost because of it. Amazing how we allow you to get outside the box and play a little bit in New Zealand. And also, we bring you right back to that oh, little I, box I, again. I can play it's in amazing. the box. It's a football <laughs> show. We talk football. And so what happens is is, is you look at this game uh, with understanding it. And, of course, you played it at a high level. Uh, when you see these two teams playing and you see Nick Foles, Nick Foles, Nick Foles, being a quarterback on the other side, seeing the banner as you walk into the Mall of America, what, what's your feeling? Because you think of more of your Aaron Rodgers and a – Let's just say Ben Roethlisberger or Aaron Rodgers and a, uh, just say Tom Brady. But you see, Nick Foles, give me your take on what he needs to do in order to be good. He just has to win. Because if he doesn't win, then he's trying to, then he's relegated to a backup. Right. Again. Right. Don't and you think he's going to be a backup either way? No. Let's say he wins if, the Super Bowl. If, what if, happens? If he wins the Super Bowl, right? Where's he going? The headlines in Philadelphia. You know, it will say Nick Foles, starting quarterback and future of Philadelphia For who? Eagles. Eagles. What? Carson Wentz is coming back from the torn ACL. We know matter. that to be true. You win, you win the Super Bowl. Doesn't matter. Jeff Hostetler won the Super Bowl. The what su- happened to him? What year was that? I'm old. I'm what giving you that? the historical what precedent. That? What year was that? Many years ago. How many years ago? Long time. Long time. Mm. These are different times. People want what's happening now. People want success in terms that is of what a hot looks take. like now. I, I could see this. If he wins the Super Bowl, maybe you trade him someplace. He he's might. not so Watch. pushing Carson Watch. Wentz out of the way. Right. No, this he's is, not Phil- this is him. Philadelphia. This is Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. If Nick Foles brings him the Super Bowl, he's the starting quarterback. No, he goes back to okay, being watch. a backup quarterback. All right, watch. All right, I'm right okay, this, this is what I basically said on this same show. That, what you're and I disagree with you then, too. You it's, it's, about it. it's, it's fine. So he's consistently wrong on this it's, on this it's, case it's because, let me tell you, it's Philadelphia, and this is the most passionate city in the world. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know how hard it's been. Ron Jarowski to Randall Cunningham. We've gone on and on with the list of, of players that we know have been great quarterbacks. In there. Donovan McNabb even, his run. The winningest quarterback in Philadelphia history. And they traded him at and the then, end. And then all of a sudden, Nick Foles comes in and does something that none of the others have been able to do ever. Right. How do you discount that? Even if it's not, if it's not Philly, Somewhere else in the National Football League, do you let him, if it's not Philly, just hypothetically, let's play devil's advocate. Well, if maybe it's, it's not a Philly, question. do you let and, him and here's, a, here's another question. Maybe I don't, I don't know the answer to this. How many, starting, how many quarterbacks are backups that have won the Super Bowl right now that are in the league? We'd have to look it up. You have to look that one up, right? Maybe my guess is probably zero. Right? Wanted as a starter, you're saying? No, I want to know how many backups. quarterbacks well, Jimmy Garoppolo's are back- got multiple rings. He's now in San Francisco. Is that what you're talking but about? But he's a starter. Right. Okay, but I'm saying a backup. I hear you, yeah. How many backup quarterbacks This is an extraordinary are, case. How many backup quarterbacks won the Super Bowl? Once we figure out that answer, right, we'll know exactly where he ends up. Because Carson didn't go to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, he got hurt. And that's a reality of the game of football, right? I hurt my ACL the first year. I didn't get to play in the Super Bowl when I was on the Giants, right? And so there's a lot of people that have come close, but unfortunately have not crossed that threshold. Now, if Nick wins this game, 
he will. This be is what's going to have to happen, though, in this case, because now you're crazy. Co- I see you looking well, at me with this. Here's what you're crazy. But here's the you're looking at my producer from Philadelphia. I want to. I want to turn off my headphones and get the noise back in because this noise canceling is making it too stark. That here's the deal. You look that you're giving me right now is so ridiculous. Look has been the foundation of my career. You have a conflict. That's why I dropped Jeff Hostetler knowledge on you. You have a conflict of interest if Nick Foles wins because of where they drafted Carson Wentz. I get it. So you have to move him out of town. Some people say he stays. I say he's gone. He has to leave because you know what ends up happening to that rude group of fans. Are you that about you, Carson? Well, well no, they Nick have to Foles get Nick he's Foles talking about. because Carson Wentz is the future of this organization. If they win, Nick is going to be in and he Carson's going to be has, gone. But no. Yeah, that's 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 not, see, that is the New Zealand conversation. That's how you get to work we for 17 get you back networks, a unique perspective. <laughs> that was good. That was good. That's what's going to happen. But that was a great – but I think they I let think him, Carson's great. I think they let him go. No one's going to take anything away with, for, from Carson. I think Nick, Nick wins this game, he's going to be the headline, and he's going to be the starting quarterback. Because we could he, do this for hours, Cordell, but he's business. in demand. He's got to get yeah, on a plane coming up. In non-smug fashion, let me Zealand, point out, probably. you have teamed up with Bank of America. <laughs> Unpretentiously, what are the details? <laughs> take your time. Well, heavy over considering here. you're going to owe me some money after this game, I'll be I'm right gonna, here. I'm going to allow you to use the Bank of America mobile nice. banking app featuring Zelle. You know, pay pay me, okay? Give me me shillings. That, that's that's straight gonna, cash. Told me it's Randy Moss here in Minnesota. But there's a lot of people uh, that probably owe you money. Mm. Actually, you know what? You probably owe a bunch of people. Yes, money. That's it does. Like, by like, the way, I'm in the media. That, How like, cheap do you think I am? <laughs> extremely. As a media veteran, <laughs> extremely. Sometimes you can read a book by its cover, Donnie. <laughs> using that Michigan education. Cordell's very popular in Michigan, right? Anyways, so <laughs> that's um, my guy. <laughs> leverage your Bank of America mobile banking app featuring Zelle. And make sure you pay those people back. Okay. Dynamite. Great to see you. Thank and you. we have to figure out a way to chat next week after Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl. We're going to book you on I'm the show, right? You, watch what happens. Be okay. ready, man. We're going to call you. Our Seriously. producer will be in touch. Watch what happens. We'll save the You know, here's my last point. Mm-hmm. This is all right. So when Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl and when Nick Foles gets declared the quarterback, quarterback of the future for Philadelphia Eagles right. and when they unfortunately put Carson back in the game and he loses the first two games right. Nick gets the job and then okay. Carson's gone and, and his legacy so you've is, seen his ride before you've his, seen his legacy gets diminished watch mm. Super mm. Bowls do trump a lot of things you now. just broke the app with the hottest take of all time here on TuneIn watch in. what's gonna happen you see our producer he's a Philadelphia guy tune into guy that right thank you Donnie good to see you yeah. alright then You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. It's a new year and time for you to explore new podcasts on TuneIn. Bring in 2018 with exciting new podcast episodes for the whole family like Story Pirates, This Podcast Has Fleas, Tumble Science for Kids, The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, and so many more. Start your new year with these podcasts and more. Just search podcasts on TuneIn today. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we continue on NFL No Huddle, the podcast, let's head back to Minneapolis for more of our coverage of Super Bowl 52. Let's bring you a conversation we had earlier today with the coach, Steve Mariucci of NFL Network. Steve, great to see you. All the talk surrounding this game when you think about the lineage of Bill Belichick and his coaching tree. I want to talk about the Green Bay tree. You were there. Andy <laughs> Reid was there and Doug Peterson, a backup quarterback. How long have you known Doug? Jeez, you know, he came in during the season. He was one of those guys when we uh, 
We made a change. Ty Dittmer was hurt 1995, actually my last year there in Green Bay. Ty Dittmer got hurt. We, we added Doug Peterson. Jim McMahon was on the team, too. He showed. I remember when he showed up, he had his fur coat on and sunglasses, and it was in, <laughs> like, November. Um, so Doug, you know, he never got to play the year I was there because I left and went to the University of California. But that, that's where Doug began his career at Green Bay, was teammates with Brett Favre for a long, long time. In fact, you know, uh, Doug invited Brett Favre to speak to the team I've on, Saturday, on night. Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, so Favre calls me yesterday, or he texts me, and he says, hey, I'm coming in. Get me some tickets. I got to talk. <laughs> I, I go, okay, uh, who's coming? Well, Deanna, Brittany, Breely, all her friends. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so he's going to actually he's gonna actually come on the air with us at the network for our last hour before the game kicks off. Like me, he, he's done before. Tell me about Doug Peterson when yep. it comes down to being a student of the game. Because if you watch the last two games, uh, the game in, against Atlanta was similar to how New England played against Atlanta, which was hitting the backs in the flat. Mm. Atlanta never could adjust to that. Then all of a sudden, you go to the RPO lifestyle yeah. uh, against Minnesota and just demolish that defense. What do you think he would be able to do in order to throw a few more wrinkles in this for Bill Belichick? So you, you started earlier talking about this tree that we had from Mike Holmgren with Gruden and Andy Reid and I and, you know, on and on. And, and we all learned this certain version of the West Coast offense, okay? Mm-hmm. So when everybody splits off from that, you, you alter it. Right. You change it. You add. You delete. You, depending on your personnel or your preference, right? And so Doug, after he got done playing... Played in the league for a long, long time, but, you know, didn't have a lot of starts, but he was one of those real, you know, experienced backups, right, that you need. He learned He learned that he wanted to coach, and he started, you know, the, the you know, way down here, and he yeah. ends up, you know, following Andy Reid around, coaching quarterbacks, Philly, Kansas City, whatever, becoming a coordinator and play caller and learning the ropes, okay? So he has now his own version of this West Coast offense, but he also has learned to adapt, so you, you have an injury, and, and all of a sudden you say, well, how do, I, how do I function and how does Nick Foles play successfully and productively? Right. And so he has altered. We didn't have RPOs when right. we were back then. Did you? No. Huh? I had no idea what it was until, uh, what, Chip know. Kelly? Well, you were doing yeah. the Cordell. They just didn't call it RPO. We no, we, 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 never, we did you the know. option. We didn't do that that lifestyle where you yeah. can throw the football. It was more the option. Yeah, it was, yeah, and, and, and some of that stuff. And, and, and so he said, well, you know, Nick Foles had a successful year in 13 doing this kind of stuff. He's got the same offensive line coach. So there's a lot of things that are similar. And, you know, and then you watch colleges that, that do this thing. It's relatively simple now. Um, you know, I, I coached the Under Armour All-American high school football game. In fact, Deshaun the, the Watson sitting over, he was yeah. on one of one of our kids, one mm-hmm. of our all Americans, and that whole thing is 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 eleven personnel, right? Zebra personnel, yep. Yep. and it's and it's the the zone read, and it's the RPOs, mm-hmm. and it's that kind of stuff. That's what you're getting Isn't in college. Kind of like the Wildcat stuff, though, because when Colin Kaepernick came like, in, like and a, the story like they a had, kind of sorta. Well, the, the pistol is what he was running <laughs> yeah, out of the, 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 pistol. Oh, the pistol. You know what? It's that's kind of similar. Kind of similar. You know, same same family, I guess. But you know what? I think we're going to see more of it next year with other teams. We we saw some zone read stuff that that you know you know with Cam Newton and Russell Wilson and Kaepernick and you, you get that kind of thing and then you, you have some guys like Alex Smith running it once in a while. You're going to see more of that. But these RPOs where you pull it out of there and you throw those slants. How many slants did he <laughs> did he complete with various formations and personnel groups? Uh, that was so many high slants, risk. I'm sorry, low risk, high percentage, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's and it's efficient. It, very efficient. 
That's what it's all about. Chatting with Steve Mariucci, NFL Network. Check out their comprehensive coverage of the big game all week long. History tells us if you got a chance against Brady, you got to apply pressure. So we know you got Fletcher Cox up the middle, Brandy Graham coming off the edge. Do you think Philly can get it done on Sunday? Yeah. Um, the last loss that that Tom Brady has had in the playoffs was against Denver. And we all remember that game in Denver went on to win the Super Bowl with that great defense. They hit Tom Brady 20 times in that game. They had the three good cover guys, right? You know, hit him 20 times. Well, the Eagles have more pressures than anybody in the league this year by 41 snaps. I mean, they pressure the quarterback. They don't have as many sacks as some other teams. But in terms of pressures and hits on the quarterback, which... Cordell, you, you know that's just as that's just as damaging. You know you can force the bad throw, yes. the interception, the whatever. And 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 Philadelphia's depth at their defensive line. You mentioned, and then they they drafted Derek Barnett and and Jernigan and and all these guys and Graham. And you mentioned, and then they, you know, you add Chris Long. I mean, they've got a bunch of guys now. It's about seven or eight of them that can start for almost every team, and they're going to be fresh and they're going to be rolling them in there and be going to be hitting Tom Brady. Well, I think the thing and what you're talking about right now is, is this team is capable of, of kind of keeping the wheel turning when it comes down to those front four. That's why Fletcher Cox has been so healthy, uh, is they had to use him as much in, a latter, in the beginning part of the season as they've done in the latter part of the season. But teams in the past, whether it's Atlanta, who gets a great jump on them in the Super Bowl, right? They're up 28-3. Mm. to three. Mm. And then all of a sudden you see Jacksonville. They're up 20-10. to 10. Yeah. Same philosophies in the first half. But for some reason in the second half to the latter part of it, they had a tendency to lay down. This Philadelphia defense does not lay down. Well, they literally are prepared it, to play for 65 minutes. Yeah, is, is it lay down? No, no, not to make excuses for Atlanta, but that was such a young defense without Marcus Truf, Desmond Trufant, yep. and and they were you know they were young and tired, and they they couldn't hang on in the overtime, right? Place. And then you got to give credit to Tom Brady. All of his Super Bowl wins, all of them, five game-winning drives to win those things, mm-hmm. all right? It's not like they you know, they blew anybody out. They're all close wins, but yeah. he, came, he comes from behind to do that. So, yeah, I think the Eagles are going to have to get a lead if they're going to hang, hang on with Tom Brady playing. Steve, always good to see you. Thanks yes. for joining us again today on the NFL on TuneIn. All right, guys, thanks for having thanks, me on. Steve. Have a great week. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. Catch all new episodes of some of your favorite podcasts early with TuneIn First Play. You can listen to new episodes from some of your favorite shows, like Haunted Places by Parcast. Every episode, I take you to the scariest haunted places on Earth. Hollywood and Crime by Wondering. We also tested the purse for fingerprints. Nothing viable there either. And Uncivil by Gimlet, before they're available anywhere else. Where we ransack America's past. And discover that history is only kind to those who write it. Search First Play Podcast and listen early. Listen often. Listen today. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we close out NFL No Huddle, the podcast, let's take one more trip back to Radio Row in Minnesota for our coverage of Super Bowl 52. Earlier, we sat down with Super Bowl champion Greg Jennings. Greg, thanks so much for taking the time. We're here at a mall. There's a lot going on. It's sensory overload, so I'm going to try to be as specific as I can. You're a Super Bowl champion. So many things to dissect this week. What's the most interesting element? Eagles, Patriots, backstory. What stands out to you? Uh, what stands out to me is uh, the Philly defense. Um, we, I'm an offensive guy, so that's, this is huge for me. But what they 
create, the problems that they create, both in the running game, the ability to stop the run, and the ability to be very versatile at the linebacking position, um, and then the depth they have in the secondary. Uh, They have very, very premier talent and leadership at every single level. Um, and, and so when I watch this team, their, their ability to have the depth that they have and be able to intertwine and insert guys, guys going down, coming up, stepping up, making plays. We've seen it on the offensive side of the ball with their left tackle, with their quarterback and all these things. But that defense has, has really been the saving grace for this Philadelphia Eagles team. And when being the saving grace, uh, they have to be that for sure. Absolutely. This upcoming weekend because the saving grace of the other teams, uh, team's way of winning is the offensive Absolutely. side. So how do we see Philadelphia? Because that's the biggest question of the, of, of the week is how does Philadelphia defense led by Fletcher Cox be able to stop Tom Brady and his greatness of being able to win games in moments when it matters most? He has to be someone we talk about on Sunday. Fletcher Clock. Fletcher Cox. If when you look at that Jacksonville Jaguars game, as great as that defense had been all year, they were led by who? Calais Campbell. Yep. How many times did we hear his name called? Not too many times Championship week. Exactly. That cannot happen to Fletcher Cox. Understanding that they are going to double him. They are going to try to remove him from the equation. But he has to be able to impact the game in a way, knowing that he's, he's dealt with it all year. Nothing changes. This is a Super Bowl, but this is why it's Super Bowl, because of this stuff. The game doesn't change. So if Fletcher Cox can impact the game the way he has done all year and wreak havoc on that guy named Tom Brady, they got a chance. And that's been the M.O. going back to the Giants, beating them twice. Interior pressure, what Denver did a couple years exactly. ago. AFC title game. Even the Dolphins, when they beat them again yep. on a Monday night with Gronk, banged up in that game. Getting you set for the Super Bowl with Super Bowl champion Greg Jennings. You see him now on Fox Sports 1 doing a great job in our business. As a playmaking wide receiver, what is Brandon Cooks? brought the Patriots this year because when we think about the overall profile of wide receivers in New England other than Randy Moss largely it's been plug and play at that position over the years um he's really brought to them the ability to have a deep threat uh, a legitimate deep threat uh, the only time we've really seen the Patriots with a deep threat was with a guy like Randy Moss and then if you remember Deion Branch taking the top off but he takes the top off but even more importantly without making the play he creates a problem for your secondary because Tom is going to put it up in the air. He does a really good job of being able to stack his defender and be, have his defender between him and the ball, making sure that he's able to dictate what that defender does, which is what we saw with the P.I. against um, uh, A.J. Bouye in the championship game. He mm-hmm. does those types of things because Tom trusts him enough to, I'm going to put the ball up in the air. I'm going to keep you guys honest. Make sure you honor what we have going down the field, and then everything else underneath becomes a lot easier. This Teams have been successful when they've been able to stop Rob Gronkowski. Going back to last year when Seattle played against them, you had Cam Chancellor cover him. Eric Berry this year at the beginning of the Absolutely. season with Kansas City. Woo. Do you see Malcolm Jenkins having to have that responsibility and then allow the Chris Longs and the Fletcher Coxes of the world and all these different DBs actually be able to do their job? Because one thing they do great, 
which alleviates that pressure and maybe run it somewhat thin is by spreading them out and do somewhat of that five wide receiver set with some motions to create that one-on-one matchups. You know, you're, you're spot on. Uh, when, you, when I look at what, they, what the Patriots are going to try to do offensively, when Gronk, this is why sometimes they are better without Rob Gronkowski on the field because now you have to respect and honor whoever steps on the field. When he is on the field, he is a focal point. And you have to eliminate him because when they know they have him, they're going to try to play through him. And if you can eliminate him, like, with one guy, not two, with one guy, like the Eric Berries of this league at Mm -hmm. that position, the Cam Chancellors of this league at that safety position, Malcolm Jenkins has to get that done if they are to be successful defensively and to limit what Tom Brady is going to do. Because, obviously, with having Gronk, he's going to be the focus specifically in the red zone. Think about what happened last year. They won the Super Bowl without him, in part because Atlanta forgot how to run the football with the score 28-3 third quarter. Super Bowl champion Greg Jennings is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. I mentioned we see on Fox Sports 1, so you know how to shine in the land of hot takes. You go in there and go back and forth with Colin Cowherd on TV. Mm -hmm. Cordell and I have had a running difference of opinion. Not debate. We're not skipping Shannon. Organically, (laughs) we arrive at different conclusions. Tom Brady undeniably is the most accomplished quarterback in the history of our sport. Mm -hmm. I contend your former quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, is the best active quarterback in our league. How do you see it? He is. So so, he's your friend, too. So it's going to be hard. No, it's it's, it's not hard. It's really he's a pundit. He tells it Um, like it is. I, I, I really do. When this is the way I look at it. When you take Tom Brady. And you compare Aaron Rodgers to him. Is there something that he does that Aaron cannot do? Win the big games. Win the big games. Yep. That, that's about as big as it gets. I mean, that's why he's continuously going to championships and winning them. With okay. less. With less. Because we have these no-name receivers that all of a sudden, Wes Welker, he leaves. What, what does he do? So, I mean... So- and, and I, I have a thing about this no-name receiver guy. There's, no, there's no such thing as a no-name receiver. Okay, okay. So he just makes when these he, guys, he gives them a name. He makes them a lot better. A lot he, better. Yes, he, and, and, and it's not even so much that he makes them better. He promotes and, enha- and, and enhances and kind of nurtures a confidence that they probably already have. He takes it to another level. Mm-hmm. So we see another level of play because they know that they can trust what they have. But physically... And from a from a game perspective, what can Tom Brady do that Aaron Rodgers cannot do? Hmm. And you said win the big games. I'll give you that. Okay. Yeah. I mean that that's that's, that's I mean that's what that's this is it. all about. That's why we're here. Um, what can he do that? I think Aaron Rodgers does some things that Tom Brady can't do. Exactly. That's that was going to be mad. Yeah. That Thank makes you. him better. No, I'm listening. Exactly. So when you when you look at helped me out after I answered, <laughs> that's pretty good. I like I just jumped when you on the look at wagon. because when you he look, refuses to listen, give me, Aaron Rodgers let, all let, the credit let me, let he deserves. Make, on let this me show. make both you guys understand something. Aaron Rodgers, when it comes to a mobile quarterback in the game, because that's how I preface it when I think of it, because I was a mobile quarterback. He is the most accurate quarterback when it comes to pressure and his ability to get outside the pocket and make plays. Mm -hmm. In the pocket, Tom Brady, number 12, it's not too many better than that. And when you think about what he's done with whomever it may have been over time, over time, because if you look at all the receivers he's had, because that run that Aaron Rodgers had when they did go to that championship, 
That was those players that Brett Favre had, and that team was already a team that's been together I'm not for gonna, some time. I'm not going to argue with that because I was one of those guys. Okay. So I'm and not so, going to And so you learned from a guy who was a gunslinger. So you understood how not to stop running your routes because you were already trained under Brett Favre. So now you get an Aaron Rodgers who's much, more, much more polished in a sense of how he drops, in the sense of how he reads it, in a sense of how he's on time with everything, that's something that that Green Bay Packer team didn't have with Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. But you look at what this guy in number 12 and what he's done, and he's 40 now. I mean, what's broke? What's broken down with him? I mean, what's what's no, no, been no, no. wrong? I think the argument I mean, is Rodgers can do more things. Yeah, well, but, but but here's the thing: when he what, so if he could do more if, things, he's doing less. If we're, with if, less. We're, if we're talking about the best quarterback, you guys are keeping up with no. Me if, if you're talking about the best quarterback in our game today, who would you start the? Who would you start your franchise with? I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers every single and you're time. Not, and you're not wrong. And no. you're not wrong. And you're not wrong for going right, with Tom right, Brady. Exactly. <laughs> if we're talking about, and, and this is where I feel like Tom Brady is literally light years beyond everyone else, his competitive drive. And that's what makes that's him what, in this game today That's the what separates him from, from everyone almost else. every athlete that is in sports today. Now, intangibles is what Brian may allude to in yourself. Yes. I'm, I'm all in. I, I, I throw my hands up and I concede. But when you're talking about now you're saying Tom Brady's playing with less in the sense of his intangibles, but yet he's still getting it done so, so, so on to, that level. To this point, so Fitz and I, Larry Fitzgerald and I are really close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember him, we used to go back and forth about uh, workouts in the offseason. And I remember him saying this to me, and this is when I knew, this is when I said, okay, I got to start giving Tom Brady more respect than what I've given him when it comes to just everything overall. Larry Fitzgerald said, gee, man, I got to work harder than you because you're gifted. You're, it comes easy to you. Running routes, getting in and out of breaks, catching the football. All, you're, you're a naturally gifted and talented guy. I have to get my big body down. I have to. I have to develop these tools. And, and now, mind you, he has great hands. Oh, so yeah, he yeah. can. But when I look, when when I think about that, and I think about Tom Brady being as great as he is, without With being able to be mobile outside right, the box, because he's given his entire life to football. He's he's completely locked in this domain of the pocket, two by two, and he is that great. And there's nothing you can do about it. And knowing it. he cannot escape. Exactly. And he still delivers as if there's nothing going on around yes. him. You, you, just, you just cannot. You when cannot you take con- that into consideration. It's, it's, it's like the guy is flat out the goat. He's impressive. Are you Are you convinced yet? No, that's why I prefaced it with thought. <laughs> yes, he's the most you did. Yes, you definitely did. Yeah, yes. We're talking best current quarterback. I'm going with your former Absolutely. quarterback. Are you allowed to give us your prediction? Or are you doing that on a Fox platform? Who do you like on Sunday? No, I'll give you my prediction. Uh, the team with the most points at the end of the game. Nice. <laughs> no, just like I, I said, the one that got the Bronco <laughs> thing down, man. <laughs> no, I really, I just, I, honestly, I have no stake in this game. Um, I, I really just would like to see a great game. But here's the deal: if if we get the Philadelphia Eagles that we saw Championship Week, yeah, they win this game. They win this game. Now, having said that, if the game is tight and we're in the fourth quarter. Your guy. We've seen this movie before, and we know can how it win ends. big ga- ex- Dude, Exactly. I, I got to go with the Pats. So I'm, I'm, 
I'm rooting for the Pats and I'm rooting for the Eagles. I know that's not a great answer. No, you're a journalist now. We're rooting for a good game. Exactly. We, want we know the importance of a good game. Let's wrap it up with what's going on in your life. It's a family affair and your wife is shining in the business world. Tell us about Queen Anna Living. Yes, Queen Anna uh, House of Fashion is my wife's boutique here in the Twin Cities down in North Loop. Um, she'll be hosting, uh, partnering with NFL Players Wives Association. Uh, they'll be throwing a uh, fashion show Friday from 7 to 8, 7 to 9 um, at her boutique. But her boutique is it's very unique. She A portion of proceeds, she partners with a, a different organization, a nonprofit, every single month. And a portion of the proceeds goes to their initiatives. Um, and she's all about promoting healthy living and, and a confidence confidence in, in who you are as a woman. Um, and she's beautifying them inside and out. Uh, and she offers a bunch of other concierge deals. But, yeah, QueenAnna.co is the website. And uh, her t- Twitter, at QueenAnnaLiving. Check her out. Happy birthday, babe. She Even better. You don't yeah. have to get her a gift. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm I kidding. Mean, We're the ball. There's plenty of things enough. to choose You're in from. trouble. Yeah. You'll Girl. get it done. Exactly. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Enjoy here. watching your Fox Sports 1. Thanks for the it. visit. Yeah. Thank you for listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast on iTunes with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Listen live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern by downloading the TuneIn app and searching NFL No Huddle. The National Football League is on. Tune in. Your everything audio app.